So, Father God, we thank you so much for the gift of mothers. We thank you, God, as we take a moment this week to kind of pause from our normal sermon series, Lord, to just praise you for the gift of life that you've given to each one of us, the gift of life that you and our moms brought to us. And so this morning, God, we pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts in the, we, the way that we need to hear you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, I'm Pastor Jamie Kendrew, and I'm so glad to be here with you this morning on this Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thank you, Chuck Miller. I'm glad that you were... It's good. It's good. God bless them. Anyway, so, hey, we're here to celebrate moms, so as we do that, I want you to go ahead and just grab a seat, and we're going to continue. Um, and I want to bring a special guest up here. Uh, her name is Sandy Fisher. Sandy, you can clap for her. Come on up. Yeah, come on up. You're good. Come on up. Um, Sandy is an incredible woman. She's, she's a, a mother. She's a wife. She's in the professional world. She is just busy all over the place. And not only is she doing all those things, she's also running our women's ministry here at Christ Church. And so what we thought would be fancy... You can clap for that. <laughs> and so what we thought would be good is if we just would take a couple of minutes and hear from the perspective of a mom, a wife, a businesswoman, a ministry leader, and super woman extraordinaire. <laughs> so anyway, everybody, this is Sandy Fisher. Sandy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. That's good. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. It's good. Hey, uh, Sandy, you know, you're married and you've got children, and so tell us a little bit about your life. Tell us, uh, tell us about your husband. Tell us a little bit about you. What is it you do? Tell us who you are. Okay. I am a wife, and I'm the mother of one son. He's 14, and I am a paralegal, and I volunteer at church. As the head of women's oh, ministry. Head of women's ministry. Yeah, that's like and well, in other areas. <laughs> she, she volunteers quite a bit. It's fantastic. And so, okay, so tell us a little bit about how you met your husband. I met him at happy hour. It's good. <laughs> and the happiness has never stopped. Yeah. But that's I was good. home by 7 o'clock so it's by okay. myself, so right. it's, it's all good. It's okay. <laughs> all right, so, so you met your husband at happy yes, hour. Yes, met at happy hour, and we were married two years later, and we've been married 21 years. That's good. That's probable. That's good. That's good. Good for you. That's good. <laughs> um, and so, so, yeah, you guys met. You got married. And, uh, and the one thing that I wanted was to have a baby. Okay. And it took me many years to have a baby. And um, I had gone to an infertility clinic. And when I went, the doctor told me that he would try one time because I was too old. So, so you and your husband, you've been married, you've been trying to have kids, and so you hit this kind of moment in your life where is there, there's a realization that kids may not be what God had intended for you. And, Big. Yeah. Yes, and I can remember being in the Mother's Day service and being devastated. I mean, I would sit in the pews and bawl my eyes out. It was a hard because week. It was really hard because I just, I felt so alone because it was all about the mothers, but yet I still felt like a mom because I had wonderful nieces and nephew who, you know, my sister-in-law and my brother, and they allowed me to be in their lives just like another mom would be. So I had that. So, so biologically, you had yeah. not become a mother yet, no. but you didn't let that stop you. No. You were mothering. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Advice given, not, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so, so but, that, but that's still, 
you know, like you just shared with us very vulnerably, and I'm sure there's some of you that are feeling that way maybe this morning, that it just didn't seem like God had kids in the radar for you. And so how, how did that story end up? Well, um, so I had gone, and the doctor said he would try one time because I was too old, and so I was even more devastated. So I didn't go back for about six months, and then we tried, you know, we went back, and he said, okay, we have to do a blood test before we can start the procedure. And he, I said, there's no use. I mean, it's been so many years. And he I, I said, okay. So we did it. And I was in a big mediation meeting at my office. I mean, there were lawyers all over the place. I mean, it was really a big meeting. And my phone buzzed, and I looked, and it was the doctor's office. So I excused myself, left the meeting, and went out. And the nurse said, Mrs. Fisher, I don't know why you're here. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm here to get the blood test before, you know, we start all this stuff. You're joke's going to be coming at you. Yeah, I'm like, you have the wrong Fisher. You know, I don't know what she was talking about. And then she said, because you are very, 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 very pregnant. As opposed to just very pregnant, of course. That's good. So you were, what, two months along at this point? I was two and a half months pregnant. I had no idea. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Yeah, woo! So, um, yeah, that was an answer to a long, long days of prayer and much heartache. But it worked out. God blessed me with a son. and He's got ridiculous ping-pong skills. Yes, he, he does. does. He's very good at ping-pong. <laughs> I have not been able to beat him. And so, yeah, so you found this comfort in God. But that didn't just kind of, that wasn't your moment uh, because a lot of us, I think, would look at that as a crisis moment in our lives. But that's not the moment where where God entered your life, because you have a, a deeper history with the Lord. Tell us a little bit about Jamonville and your experiences as a kid. Okay. I um, went to Jamonville, which is a Christian camp in Uniontown. I had gone there every summer since I was 11. With pure motives, of course. Well, of course. I went yeah, to the athletic camp because that's the camp where all the guys would be. <laughs> that's good. I'm not going to, you know. It so. happens. It happens. <laughs> So I was a young teenage girl. So um, I went there, and one night we had a service in the chapel, and the place was filled with the Holy Spirit, with God. I mean, all the kids were there standing on the chairs, just sobbing, and you could feel the warmth, and no one left. We were there for hours. Just worshiping. Just worshiping and loving and just... There was not one dry eye in there. So that was my, uh, the time when Christ came and just renewed me. So since that moment then, you, you've had this you know, stirring of your heart where God revealed himself to you. And, and you, know, you find a fantastic husband. You now have a fantastic son. And you find yourself here at Christ Church. And not just sitting on the bench, mind you. I mean, you're actively involved. You've been on parish council. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've been serving. And now you're, you're leading our women's ministry. And so... We've, we've got some time here, so if you could tell these women of this church anything about our women's ministry or encourage them in any way, the floor is yours. I would definitely say get involved in something with some small group in a Bible study. It is so important to get connected with other women because we all go through struggles. There are some women who are going through them now. Some older ladies like myself have been through them, and just 
having someone to talk to, to be encouraged by them, and to encourage someone else. It, we're all relational, and we all need that. I mean, we're all busy. I mean, there's not one person in here who's not busy. You've got a little bit going on. So <laughs> but there's always time to be part of your family here in some way, small way. So I would encourage that. One of the things I appreciated about your heart when we asked you about, uh, had some, I spent some time with Sandy talking with her. You said that your desire is to see each one of these women just come closer to God by coming closer together. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you, ladies of the church, that you know there are, there are a group of women out here who love you, who want to be there with you. I so appreciate a group of these ladies took my wife out on Friday night and just, and just hung out with her and just spent time with her. And, and as a husband of that, I, I greatly appreciate it. And so, ladies, if, if you're looking to be plugged in and get involved in the church, this is the woman you want to see uh, because she can get you connected with the different ministries that are going on for the ladies here in this church. And, and they are, they're moving. I mean, the women's ministry mm-hmm. is moving. So, uh, but the dinner Friday night spoke to me as well because this is a generation, the younger generation, that I don't have that connection with. I have a teenager, but the 20s and that generation, I don't. But I loved it because I was there, and I know what they're going through. So it was, it was great to see the youth and just the young. So you might ladies. say, let's say you're in a spiritual healthy place. You're saying that you still have something to offer because there's women who may need a mentor. Right. So if you're comfortably sitting in your church, not doing anything... It's time to get up and come and serve, right? That's right. And That's good. I also need a mentor because I'm an orphan. I don't have any parents. So <laughs> I'm always looking, um, you know, to someone who can help me when I need encouragement. That's right. So it's important that we all have that. Well, Sandy, thank you for your time. And, and again, ladies, want to encourage you to, to get involved in our women's ministry. There's some fantastic ladies. Sandy's going to be hanging out out in the kind of waiting area afterwards if you want to ask her some questions about women's ministry or maybe you want her to pray with you. But I'm going to throw a curveball at you right now. And I'm going to go ahead and ask your son, Eric, and your husband to come up here on stage real quick because they're here with us. We got Your son has a little Aww. special gift for you. You're a mom, and it's Mother's Day. And so we're going to pray for you. And... Um, I told you we were going to try to make you cry. So, so why don't we just pray for Sandy and her family right now. Father, we thank you so much just for the Fisher family. And, and I pray for Sandy specifically as she uh, guides the women of our church. And we pray that you would uh, work in her life. We thank you for her testimony and the way that you have worked in her life. And the way that God, um, even in her struggles, she, she continued to mother on. And so, God, we praise you for her this morning. We thank you for these men that stand beside her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Hey, as I said before, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our I Am series, and we're going to be talking about moms. Moms are a miracle. We, we are thankful for moms. In fact, it's one of the things that every one of us has in common. We all have one. It's, that's, it's a fact. You all have a mom. You wouldn't be here without her. Okay? And so, you know, we are blessed with moms. We, are, we should be thankful for our moms. And, and each one of us has a different story when it comes to our moms. Some of us have a fantastic example of what to be as a mom, and some of us have a fantastic example of what not to be as a mom. But you know what? It's okay. Because God has something to teach us this morning. And I just want to say this before I start, that that I, I so appreciate Sandy's heart. I appreciated her getting up here and being vulnerable with us and, and saying those words that she said, that, that Mother's Day for her was the worst Sunday of the year. And I want to acknowledge 
that there may be some of you in this room today that are in her shoes, and you hate this right now. I want to say this to you. We love you. We love you. And we're glad that you're here. And God has something to say to you this morning. Maybe you're sitting out there and you just experienced the loss of your mother. Well, I want to say this to you. We love you. And we're glad you're here. And I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy sabotage this day and steal from you the beautiful memories you have of your mother. But instead, use this day as a way of remembering all the awesome, funny, fantastic moments that you had with your mom. Can we do that this morning? Can we celebrate moms? You know, the other thing Sandy said is, that I loved, is she didn't wait to be a biological mom to mother. And what a challenge that is for for all of us. You know, as I think of man up, you know, the moms, the women, really kick our butts, men, when it comes to leading in the spiritual realm. And and it shouldn't be like that. We as men should be taking that on. And I want to really encourage you as men, whether you're a, a, a guy in a neighborhood or you're waiting to have kids, please come to the Man Up Conference. I went last year. It is fantastic. You're going to hear some amazing things, and it's a way of spurring one another on. Plus, it'd be a great gift to the lady in your life because she could do a day without you. Amen? <laughs> All right. That's good. Anyway, so as I was preparing to talk about Mother's Day this morning, I, I started thinking about my mother quite a bit. You know, and, and, I, and I would always laugh when I would hear Bill Cosby do the comedy sketch about how parents used to be these cool people and children turned them into something else. And we go, either if you're a parent out there, you know what that's like now, but if, if you're not, you might think of some of the crazy things that your parents say, like, put the cat down, stop shaving the cat, or no, macaroni and cheese does not go in the Xbox, or, or chapstick is not for butts. Uh, or these are things that are said in my home, or... You know, my mom used to say the curse of, I hope you have a kid just like you someday. (laughs) And then the ever famous, this is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) So we've, we've, in our society, taken these beautiful women of society and, and, and we've turned them into crazy ladies. And, and, and one of the ways that I, I remember this very vividly is I remember walking into a grocery store one Sunday after church. I mean, it hadn't even been a Sunday. It was just a day. And I remember that there was this child who was screaming at the top of their lungs in the grocery store. And, and so what happens is, as I'm walking around the grocery store, it's like my ears begin to bleed because the kid's getting louder, and I must be getting closer. And I remember coming around the corner to this child screaming and throwing a temper tantrum because they wanted this specific thing. And, and there I walk around the corner, and there and behold is just like this beautiful little mom who looks at her child and says, no you know what, you don't need that. The answer was no, so we're not, we're not getting that. And she turns around, and she's going about her motherly thing. Kid is screaming at the top of the lungs. And I just watched, and I went, that's amazing. A mother is mothering. She's doing her thing. It's like she's putting up with all the garbage, and she doesn't care. And then the child reached over and grabbed a box of cereal, ripped the top off of the cereal, pulled the bag out, put it over the child, and pulled the cereal apart, cereal everywhere. The mother looked at me and just went, I must be taking crazy pills. <laughs> and, and we can laugh about that because the reality of it is, is, is mothering, and I don't know anything about this, so I'm just going off of what my wife tells me, mothering is, is nuts. Mothering is difficult. Mothering is hard. And as we looked at that interview last week about the job description of a mom, there's not a single person in this room that would want to sign up for something like that unless there was one ingredient. And that's the word love. 
Because you see, moms just are the embodiment of an, of an example of Jesus in the way that they love us. I found this thing uh, online. I'm not going to tell everybody I'm on Pinterest, but I, <laughs> I may have found it there. But it's these ten things about mothers that, yeah, don't, don't, don't judge me, all right? <laughs> There's these ten things that... Um, it's kind of like Murphy's Law. If you're a mother, these things are bound to happen. Does everybody know what Murphy's Law is? It's basically if something bad can happen, it will. And so these are the ten Murphy's Law for mothers. And I found this to be pretty funny but amusing. And if you're a mom, you will get this. And, and, and as a guy, I'm just going, all right, whatever. Um, but it says this, the number one law for Murphy's Law for moms is if you wear black, your kid will surely develop a runny nose. guess that is true. If you wear white as a mom, your child will surely find a way to have muddy hands. If you change their diaper, they will immediately poop in a new one. If you mop the floor, they will spill something on it. And if you put on fresh socks, you will immediately find whatever it was they spilled. If that thing in your home is perfect, your child will correct that for you. If you say it, they will repeat it. If it is important, surely they will forget it. And if you are tired, they will not be. They will, in fact, be the number one alarm clock the world will ever know. And then the final thing that it said, and I just thought this was pretty cool, is if you love them, you'll make sense out of all of it. And so moms, women who mother, thank you for what you do. You can clap for that. If you want to clap, you just go ahead and clap. You don't even have to wait for my permission on these things. Because I think about my mom... Her name was Faith, which, it, it's so good. I got, I'm a pastor, and my mom's name was Faith. Do you know how much material I can get from that? <laughs> well, my mom's name was Faith. She was my mom, and, and we didn't have it easy. She was severely abused by, by an alcoholic man, and, and I can give you the whole heart-bleeding story, but it is what it is. But she never once let that keep her down. Not one time, because she clung to God. And as a little guy, I never appreciated the things about my mom that would later become important. As a youth pastor for a long time, one of the things I would hear kids say is, well, my mom's dumb. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And moms, you probably hear that all the time, right? But the reality of it is, as you grow older, and if you're young, you might want to take some advice here. As you grow older, your mother becomes smarter. She becomes smarter. I remember I used to joke with my mom saying, when I went to college, I feel like you got a degree and I got dumber. Because I started living in the adult world, and all the things that my mother had taught me and said to me began to make sense. And there was just a lot of love there that I didn't even recognize that was there. Moms, don't give up. Don't give up. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be 25 years from now. But one day, your child will remember the way that you lived in front of them. There's a great passage of scripture that says this. Teach your child to choose the right path, and when they are older, they will remain upon it. Proverbs 22.6. And it's so true. And again, for some of you, like, like being in Sandy's shoes before she knew she was pregnant, it can seem like all hope is lost. But I promise you, God will remain true. I remember my mom. My mom was awesome. She, she was a lot of fun to be around. And I come from a family of like 24 aunts and uncles just on her side alone. If you know anybody with the last name of Chevalier, they're related to me. Um, and that's not a joke. We're all related. It's a humongous family. 
And we would constantly have these big parties at, at, our, at our place. And I remember it was New Year's Eve, and we were having this party. And this was a, a, a defining moment in my opinion of my mom. And my, my family was coming over, and, and my cousin Dave, uh, had, him and his wife had just had a newborn about three months ago. So there's this little baby that everybody's excited about coming over. And if you know my mom, she loves babies. She loves to kiss them. She loves to grab them, squeeze them, she, everything. She just loves babies. And so Dave walks in the house, and he had in his arms his beautiful little, I think it was Mikey was the, was the baby, and in his arms was this beautifully swaddled and swaddling clothing baby. And, and my mom was making her way towards the door. Just as Dave took a step, he tripped and lost the child. And, and we're talking like up in the air, dramatic scene, all of history slowed down in this moment. And I watched my mom, who would, wouldn't, we wouldn't call her an athletic woman. We'll just say it like that. She turned into Heinz Ward. <laughs> Here I'm watching, I'm watching this go down, and I'm just like, no. And my mom, I mean, she is like just, just straight out one hand diving 50 feet from the kitchen to the front door. I mean, it just, it was amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. She could play for the Steelers in that moment. Dove out. Dive. That, that baby never hit the ground. She caught it in the palm of her hand. And it was like, it was like some mom mechanism took over. Because when, not only when she caught it, she caught it, but it was like this, this hydraulic lift, catching the baby and gently easing it. And then as the, 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 the clothing unraveled, much to my horror, we came to the realization it was actually my cousin playing a joke on my mom. And it was, in fact, like a Cabbage Patch Kid or something. You can laugh at that. It's pretty awesome. Not at all. Don't do it. It's not good. Don't ever pretend to do that or drown. It never goes over well, okay? And so I watched my mom dive out for this child. And now as a, as a kid, I'm thinking, what devotion? What commitment? Like, I'm really impressed with the sacrifice my mom just made. She gave up her body. And then she turned into this thing I've never seen before. <laughs> because she went from being this caring mother... To Mike Tyson. I mean, she was wailing. Don't you ever, David Michael Justice? And it was awesome. And so, but I tell you that story because what it revealed to me was the passion that my mother had for mothering, for loving on people. I mean, if you, if you ever get to meet my mom, imagine her just... It was a sight to see. It scares me a little bit. But then she turned into this protective mother bear. And she, she gave Dave a whooping. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, there's been times like that in all of our lives that we can think back about our moms and the example that they were for us. You know, one of the deepest moments of, of example I have of my mom were moments she never knew about until I actually had become a preacher. Because there was these nights coming from a broken home that I would hear weeping coming down the hall. As a kid from the age of 10 to 16, this was a frequent occurrence. And I remember I would sneak down and peer around the doorway to see my mom on her knees, praying out loud, speaking. I used to think she was just talking to herself. And so I started to watch and see what was happening. And she was praying for me. She was praying for my brother, and she was praying for her abusive ex-husband, that he would come to know the Lord. And as a kid, I didn't understand how someone could even do that after he had beat her half to death and done the things that he had done. Then there was these times where I would sneak and peek around the corner and my mom would have the Bible open and she would be reading it, not realizing that I was even looking. 
I want to say this to you, moms. Your kids are always watching you. I want to say this to all of us. Our kids are always watching us. And the way that you live your life when you think nobody is looking is the, who you really are, first off. But it's the way people are actually seeing you. And, I, and I, my mom did a lot of stuff wrong. But I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing she did right was recognize that she needed Jesus in her life. And when my mother was who she said she was, a broken, messed up daughter of God, it ministered to her broken, messed up children. I'm going to tell you right now, my mom, nothing my mom ever said to me meant as much as to what my mom, I saw, I caught my mom doing, being a godly believer. I think of the passage in 1 Corinthians 13, if you want to turn there with me. Where we're, where we're coming to in this, in this verse is, is uh, Paul has just talked to us about remembering that each part of the body of God is significant, that, that each one of us plays a specific role in the body of God. And, and, and so Paul goes through this whole spiel, but then he starts talking about something as this key ingredient. There's this key ingredient to all of it. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians uh, 13. Before we go there, I want to say this. You do realize, men, that in the beginning of the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the beginning of all of it, he said, all these things are good. And then there came a moment where he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And I I want to tell you this. In that moment, God did not take some dirt and make a best friend. God did not take some dirt and make a good hobby. God did not take some dirt and make another video game. God did not take dirt at all, in fact. He went into the side of Adam's rib. And he pulled from Adam a piece of him. And he created a suitable helpmate. Not just someone to come and work for Adam. Not someone to come and be his slave. But someone to love him. Someone to nurture him. And men, let me tell you something. When we often joke about how God pulled that rib, I knew that that woman was a pain in my side. We joke like that. But when you think about what a rib really is, do you know what a rib really is? The rib is the protector of the heart. The rib keeps us alive. The rib is something that defends us, and we need our ribs. Just like men, we need women to surround us. Because moms can do things that dads can't. Dads can do things that moms can't. We are created on purpose the way that we are created because that's the way the body of Christ works. Each one of us serves a specific function and a specific role in equal importance. Do you hear me? Paul's just given that message. And then he says these words. He says, Now I will show you the most excellent way. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am a resounding gong. I think I've heard my mom speak in tongues a couple of times because of stuff we've done. And I used to think she was a resounding gong. The Bible tells me that that happens, and if you don't have love, that's exactly what you are. Verse 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and acknowledge uh, in all knowledge, I, and I have not love, or I have the faith that can move mountains. Think about that. The faith that can move mountains. But I have not love. I am nothing. How many of your moms 
in the past have seemed like prophets. I used to joke around, and I, I, I would always go out, and I would ask my friend who'd never had a girlfriend in his life advice about ladies. It's a bad move. And my mom would always give me these little tidbits of wisdom on how to treat a woman properly and how to do this. And, and, I, and I, clearly, I have more game than my mom, so I would never listen to her. But like the prophet she was, the things that she would tell me would often come true. And so here I am thinking that she's this prophet with no faith, being nothing, but the reality of it was that she was speaking truths into my life. Her faith continued to move mountains. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames. Think about this. How many times have your parents, how many times have your mom surrendered their bodies to the flames for you? whether in prayer or embarrassing moments. But our moms have done that for us, haven't they? And it says this in the Word of God, that if these things are happening without love, they're nothing. There's that key ingredient again, that word love. And here's my challenge for us this morning, is that that mothers, when they do what they do, they do that because they love us. Not because they enjoy crazy moments. Not because they enjoy fighting with us. Young folks, listen to me. Not because they want to be right. It's because they love you. It's because they don't want to see you make the same mistakes that they already made. Don't think that they're a resounding gong. Don't think those prophetic words being spoken to you are empty. Because the Bible tells us that when we love and we act in love, it is meaningful and it comes from God. And I'm going to tell you right now, we need to appreciate the women in our lives more. The aunts, the grandmas, the mothers. Because they sacrificially lay their lives down for us all the time. I think about how my mom put her social life on hold so that she could mother us. What a sacrifice. What a sacrifice. My brothers and I were very hard on my mom. And I'm sure none of you were hard on your mom. But, but isn't that how it works? We take love for granted. We take relationships for granted. Listen to what the Bible says about love in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, or verse 8. Excuse me, 4. Love is patient. Moms are patient. Love is kind. Moms are kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. And always perseveres. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it's just this simple phrase, love never fails. And I don't know about who... What woman has poured into your life? But I'm going to tell you right now, somebody has poured into your life, whether it's a man or a woman, and love did not fail. And so moms, with a broken heart today, because you're wishing your one kid was here with you, or you just, love never fails. Love never fails. And we may not get to see the end result right away, but the word of God says, stick to it. Keep on speaking those words into your kid's life. Don't give up, because one day, they will return to it. I remember I had some friends, and we like to get into trouble a lot. And by a lot, I mean a a whole lot. (laughs) 
And my friend, Mike, down the street had a pumpkin. It was a massive pumpkin. And here we are, summer between middle school and high school. We thought it would be awesome if we could get that pumpkin to drop in front of a car. Where I lived, there were these massive trees that overhung roads. And there was this bend, and the cars couldn't see as they came around the bend. And we thought, ah, we'll get them, we'll scare them. <laughs> well, it was like a couple hundred pounds of pumpkin that we had up in this tree. It was rotten, moldy, and heavy, and wet, and heavy, and excessively heavy. And so we saw some lights and some, some, heard some car coming around the corner, and I remember we, we pushed the pumpkin off, thinking, ah, we're going to get him. And man, was our aim good. Because we hit right where the windshield meets the, meets the top of the car. And then we heard, woo, as the sirens on the car died. It was a cop car. It was a police car. So we really picked a good target. And so I remember Mike and Jason, my buddies, who will be in a lot of my stories, we're standing there and we're frozen. We thought we just killed a police officer. Because when you drop several hundred pounds of pumpkin from anywhere onto a vehicle, it will crush that anything. And so the roof of the car had kind of caved a little bit. And the next thing we see is a, a police officer trying to kick the door open on the car. He couldn't get out. Brandon, this is not a good story to remember. That's my son. <laughs> And I remember we got out of the tree and we went over to the officer and we said, Sir, are you okay? And he said, I'm going to kill you. And we went, okay, and we ran. <laughs> but I remember the conviction that came after that. And I remember being so worked up and so brokenhearted that I, I, I went to my mom. And I thought, man, she's going to kill me. I, I have to tell her. i got to tell her. What if the cops come over? And I, and I remember going up to her and saying, Mom, I did something real bad. And she knew by the tone of my voice, because I'm a little bit of a character, that I was serious. I said, Mom, I think we almost killed someone today. She said, what happened? And I went on and on and on. And don't tell Mike and Jason this, but I ended up crying and just losing it. Thinking my mom was going to chastise me, ground me for the rest of my life, kill me something, kick me out of the family. I, I really, and I say that jokingly, but those were deep, those were thoughts. Will I ever be accepted again? Will I ever be loved again? And my mom grabbed me and she squeezed me into her side and she said, you know what, you really messed up. I said, yeah, I did. And after a long series of conversation, she loved on me. She said these words to me, you know why I love you? I said, no, mom, why do you love me? She said, because you're mine. She says, it's not because you, when you mess up or, or this. I, she's like, I love you, you're mine. What a beautiful testimony. Because each one of us has a Father in Heaven who loves us so much that no matter what we have done, no matter how bad we have screwed up, we have a Savior that wants to grab us and pull us into His side and say, I don't love you because of what you've done or what you could do or who you could become or, or what you've been. I love you because you're mine. That's beautiful. And I want to tell you this morning that God loves you because you are His. And that was the example I got from my mom. Love never fails. Love is sacrificial. Moms are sacrificial. Jesus was sacrificial. Moms are extremely devoted. Jesus was extremely devoted. So as you think about Mother's Day today, not just your mom, but who are the women in your life that you need to thank for pouring into you no matter how ridiculous 
situation seems to have gotten. Who are the women in your life that have nestled you in and said, I love you because you're mine? And I want you to think about this as well. I want you to think about the craziest moments of your life, bad moments. And I want you to think about this. No matter how bad that moment got, God's saying to you, I love you. You're mine. We're going to get through this together. Get in here. We have a God that loves us. Amen? Father, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for moms. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the women in our lives that mother us. I thank you for Grandma Chevy, Aunt Martha, Aunt Dorothy, all the women in my life that that just put up with me, God, and love me because they loved you. And each one of us has that story this morning, God. And so I pray that you would help us to get over. Maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to be had. We haven't spoken to that loved one in a long time. Life is just too short for that kind of stuff, God. Because the reality of it is, is nothing is too big that can't have healing. And so God, for the folks in here that need to have a conversation today that they haven't had in a long time, give them courage, give them strength. Help them to talk to their mother. Help them to thank their mother. God, for the moms in this room, I praise you for them. Thank you for the way that they imitate you and they lay down their lives and they speak in love. So God, we just give you this morning. We thank you for blessing us with mothers and thank you for just cuddling us into your side and letting us know that you love us because we're yours.